Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Guys, we did it. All right. We can all die happy. We've reached episode 100 of the I Said Shut Up podcast. I mean, guys. And I delayed doing the 100th episode because I wanted it to be special. I uh, was thinking we would get Nick the bodybuilder to come in and have a chat, but you you try. You try setting up a coffee date with Nick the bodybuilder. The man is too busy. And, uh, and also, I didn't try. But I'm sure he was too busy if I did. If I did try. So I thought, what else could we talk about? And if you read the title of this podcast, if you didn't just download it to stick it into your ear holes without reading, if you read it, uh, you know that I am with child. My wife is expecting her second child, what I assume is my second child, and uh, little Sam Jr., we're going to call him. So we're going to have Sam... And Sam Jr., we don't know if it's a boy or a girl yet, uh, but we do know that we're allowed to tell people. We're past the 12-week mark or whatever the frig it is, and uh, Sarah had to tell her work. Oh, guys, oh my God. Guys, the shit I have to tell you in this podcast. I'll probably tell you all in the first five minutes that I have nothing to say for the rest of it. But here we go. She had to... No, you know what? Let's just... Let, let's leave the second part. There's a teaser, all right? There's something else, some other big announcement coming up in this podcast. But let's go with the child first, right? Let's celebrate life. We, um, we had baby Sam two years ago. Now, long-time listeners of the podcast, you guys know we had trouble having the kids, mostly because Mother Nature doesn't feel I should reproduce Fair enough, Mother Nature. You're probably right. But guess what? Science. Science doesn't give a shit about what you think. We went down the scientific road. We got fertility treatments and all that shit. But you know what? Then Mother Nature, she did a fucking complete reversal. She was like some kind of Angelina Jolie double agent. And she was like, uh, hey, turns out that... uh, you're going to conceive naturally. So it was all a big joke. Five years of trying, going to fertility doctors. Finally, we were at the last stage of the fertility treatment. And uh, they were basically saying, okay, it's artificial insemination now. It's time to time to do the big one. And uh, we were like, nah, you know, we don't need a kid that bad. Do you know what I mean? Like, there was only so far. We were willing to take a few hormones, you know, take a few tests, do some of that whatever it is called that where, where they spin, they spin your sperm in a, in a colander or a cylinder. I don't know what they do. They put it in some centrifugal motion machine and, and only the good sperm come out. I, I don't know how it works exactly, but we did all that a centrifuge. I think that's it. And, um, none of that worked. It was all for naught. You know, spending money on treatments and shit like that. So when they started talking about, you know, we're going to be basically, you know, like like an alien. We're going to implant an alien embryo inside of you. To my wife, not not to me. Then um, 
we were like, you know what? Let's just, hey, if we can't have kids, we can't have kids, you know? And uh, then, because you guys, you guys know I like the health. Oh, this is, this is going to be a third, a third announcement. This, the, the third one's not really an announcement, but it's another thing I want to talk about. And it's, it's about the food. And you guys know I'm into the idea of trying to make yourself better by eating better. I am not a beacon, a shining example right now. I'm uh, skinny fat, and uh, my pants are fitting worse and worse, and in weird ways. It'd be one thing if, you know, you were just getting fat, but it's like parts of me are getting too skinny, and parts of me are getting fat, and either way, I just look like like a like somebody took a pile of potatoes and stuffed them down my pants in a random fashion. So perhaps I'm not the world's biggest expert on nutrition. But I have been, you know, trying to stay away from the the meat and the dairy and and I was full on vegan for like two years. And uh when I switched and started to do the vegan stuff, then uh, all of the problems cleared up in the old uh, sperms, the swimmers. It all cleared up. And uh, we ended up conceiving naturally. My wife was also, she had fertility issues herself. They cleared up when she was on the plant-based diet. And now, listen, listen. Don't just turn it off right now. If you're like, fuck you stupid vegans and you're fucking, oh, you should always kill animals, kill them all. I am not advocating plant-based diet or veganism. I'll tell you what, that's the third thing we're going to talk about. Some of you might be surprised. You may be surprised about what I'm going to say about food. I'm certainly surprised. But back to the, the matter at hand, the child. So... We ended up having Sam. As you know. Lovely little fella. Just screamed his guts out. Just for about 10 minutes. Did not want to go to bed tonight. Doesn't want to go to bed any night. And he's such a goddamn uh, manipulator. So I want nothing more than for him to eat. I want him to eat as much food as he can. Because he's not a big eater. Much like I was when I was a child. And I grew up small. Now I got bad bones. You know, maybe if I'd eaten more, maybe my bones wouldn't be so bad. Any hoosles. I didn't turn on the air conditioning in this car. Um, I record a podcast out of my car. And I thought it was cold enough. It is not. I'm getting warm back here. And I also have a low battery. Oh, my God, guys. The 100th episode. Going off the rails. What are we going to do? We're going to power through. I'll just keep talking until this battery runs out. If that's in five minutes, if it's in five hours, I'll just keep on talking. Let's not kid ourselves. I was going to do that anyway. So we have uh, little Sam. After five years of trying, switching up the diets, getting everything ready to go. So when people asked us, are you going to have a second child? We always said the same thing. Well, if it happens, it happens. You know, we're not going to stand in the way. But of course, neither of us thought it was going to happen. Because we we were like, like checking calendars. 
you know, looking at the phases of the moon. We were making sure we were doing everything exactly right. This time around, we did nothing. We put in no planning. You know, we we did nothing. And then immediately, immediately when we decided like, oh, if it happens, it happens. Boom. We're like, oh, no. I mean, what a blessing. What a blessing. The thing is, it hit us upside the head. Oops, upside the head now. Oops, upside the head. Hit us. We're not ready for a second kid. And um, you may say, "How? why? You've already had one, Marchio. Marchio. I'll tell you why. Because it upends your whole life. My sister was right. Never been right about anything in her goddamn life, but she was right about this. She said, when you have one kid, you're still like a couple, like a single couple. You're going around, you just grab that little rug rat and you drag him with you. You know, you just stick a car seat in the car, you know, put him on your lap on a plane, it'll be fine. But when you have two, you're a family. You're a goddamn family. Everything is a, is a rigmarole. You got two car seats. You got two strollers. You got two everything. You know, you just, you, one parent has to take one. And one, like two parents on one kid, not that much of an issue. But when you start dividing, oh, then they conquer. So she's right. Like we started looking around at our 850 square foot apartment, two bedroom. Wife's going to have to have a C-section because she's already had the one C-section. So it's more dangerous to do the, what's the fucking thing she calls it? The HVAC? No, wait. <laughs> That's some kind of vacuum cleaner. Uh, the, 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 B, the BVAC? Birth by vaginal acquired cunt? I don't know. I don't know what what BVAC stands for. But anyway, it's where people who have a C-section and then the next baby they have is a, is a natural birth. They try to shoot it out through the old hoo-ha. And uh, my wife thought about that for a minute because there's a lot of, you know, there's documentaries about oh, just the hormones you release during labor and then the baby... Going out through the birth canal gets slimed with all kinds of disgusting bacteria. But that bacteria is really good for the baby. Oh, and you should eat your placenta. Eat your placenta raw, just uh, like on the floor like an animal. That's the that's the best way to eat your placenta. Just down on all fours. You just... You know, like the shit that people are fucking doing now. Anyway, that type of bullshit. So my wife is feeling that like hey maybe it's better for the baby and uh her her doctor was like uh yeah it's not better for the baby at, at all because there's very um few risks of having a c-section now that you've had one but trying to do it through the old you know pea shoot there you can you can what, what is it uh, uh rupture your uterus and then the baby's got a 50 50 chance of living and my wife was like, oh, well then, no, let's not do that, right? And the doctor's like, yeah, let's not do that. And um, 
I don't know why they give people the choice. That's what my wife said today. Why did they give people the choice? Our doctor, he was saying to uh, to Sarah, because uh, she was relaying the info to me because I wasn't at the appointment. I had to stay home with our other child because we're a goddamn family now. We got to split up. We can't just go everywhere together. So um, last time I went to every single appointment. Why? Because I'm a man, a real man. Stands by his lady. Goes to every goddamn appointment and sits there for five hours in the waiting room. And that's what we had to do because my wife was a high-risk pregnancy. So high-risk, boy. They're like, yep, you're here all day. We'll see you when we see you. Every month we went there and waited for five to seven hours for the appointment for them to go, yep, so far, so good. We'll see you when, <laughs> at the old delivery. Any hoozles. What's I talking about? Right. So our guy, Rory, is his name. I'm not even sure what his last name is. Calls himself Rory. And you know what? I like it. Seems like a nice guy. So Rory, high-risk doctor, because even though this pregnancy so far is not high-risk for Sarah, because we were with the high-risk team last time, they're taking us on again. And we're, we're not going to turn that down. Give us the experts. So Rory, he says to my wife, he says to her, Sarah, are you going to do the, the HVAC or are you going to do the, um, the C-section? And she's like, well, I, I, I don't know. I think maybe the, the old vagina, maybe that's the better way with the, with the you know, bacteria and all that. And he was like, yeah, 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 you could do that. You could do that. But there's some risks. And then he tells her, tells her about the, the uterus rupturing possibility. And, uh, and she was like, oh, well, what do you think? And he's like, well, I can't really tell you what um, to do. He said, but, you know, I was, I was born of a, a BVAC. I, I really don't remember the term. But he said, I was born of that. So he, his older sibling was a C-section. He was a natural birth. And he said, so I asked my mother, I said, uh, why did you put my life in danger? And she said, well, Rory, I, we didn't have that information at the time. They didn't tell us that it could be dangerous. That's the only reason. And I said to my wife, that, those are his exact words? She was like, yeah. I said, he was telling you 100% get another C-section. He says the words, Mom, why did you put my life at risk? He's like, maybe because of insurances and, and, and suing and all that. Maybe the doctors can't actually tell you, here's what you need to do. Liability issues, I don't know. But to me, that was as clear as day. That is a man going, if you don't choose the C-section, you are putting your baby at risk. So don't do it. And so we're, we're hey, we're people of science, all right? Fucking science, man. Give me more of that science. That, let me tell you something about the world today. Everybody thinking they know better than everybody else. Let me, you don't. All right? Stop doing that shit. I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to give birth in a blow-up swimming pool on the roof of a cabana. And I'm going to be playing some uh, fucking Neil Young. And it's my baby's gonna pop out, and you, you stop your nonsense. Don't take fucking risks. So, we had 
all that shit in our heads. The idea of uh, midwives and natural births and maybe a home birth and all that. Maybe it's less trauma and the way they can spin it. And my wife ended up with a condition, uh, placenta accreta, which was life-threatening to her. And so she could bleed out from this condition. So they, she had to be monitored very closely. Um, the, she ended up getting a C-section, even though we didn't want a C-section at the time because the high-risk doctors were hoping not to have a C-section because the possibility of bleeding might be trouble, they were saying, with the C-section. So when little Sam decided he wasn't going to come out the normal way, we were freaked out because they were saying we got to do a C-section now. And uh, we were worried. But everything was fine. Why? Because we listened to the fucking doctors. We listened to them. You know, Jesus Christ, my wife is on these Facebook groups. Now, there's Facebook groups about everything. And people are telling stories about not listening to their doctor or, you know, not doing the thing that was the safest thing to do. And you're listening to these horror stories and you're like, oh, Jesus Christ. And you feel so bad for the people because they weren't bad people. They weren't, they were making this, they thought they were doing the right thing. Their heart was in the right place. Oh, it's better for the baby if I have a regular birth and et cetera, et cetera. Why? Because so much goddamn misinformation. Why can't, why can't there be real information? This, this trend of, I know better than the doctors, no vaccines for me, no what? I just, I don't know, man. So anyway, (laughs) let's, 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 let's go back to a cheerier thing. All right. The fact that I'm not ready for a second child. So we um, immediately, because we've known about this for 12 weeks, I've been keeping it from you guys on the podcast and it, it's been killing me. I've almost said it like 50 times. So we immediately go, we have to get out of our 850 square foot apartment. Plus, longtime listeners to the podcast, you know how much I hate my neighbors, even though they actually don't seem like they're that bad. I saw him the other day. It's funny, you know, when you see someone in person, like the hatred you can have for some, for the idea of someone, like and her smoke wafting over into our apartment and her shitty music blaring all the time. And you're like, oh, I hate her. Oh, I want her to fall off a cliff. And then, you know, like the Louis C.K. joke, then be caught by Superman, scooped up, and then he drops her from higher. That was an old Louis C.K. bit. Remember him, guys? Oh, he's dead now. So I saw her, my neighbor and all, and she looks kind of like a normal lady, you know, 30, probably 35, kind of good looking, you know, at least from what I saw. I saw her quickly. She gave me, she said, hi. I said, hi. And immediately it's just, I lost about 50% of my hate. You know, they say that's true. Like if you, when you're in a car and, and you road rage and all that, it's because you can't see, you can't see the face of the other person and they're not, um, you know, they can't make like an apologetic gesture with their eyebrows or, you know, like if you bumped into someone in the elevator, you wouldn't scream, I hope you fucking die. But if someone cuts you off in traffic, you know, that, that's the type of thing you say. So anyway. What was I talking about? Right. 850 square foot apartment. Got to get out. So we assume we're going to move to Ottawa. That 
Remember the podcast that I opened up where I said, I am taking my talents to the city of Ottawa? Well, that's why. It was because we need to uh, buy a house now. And uh, the Toronto market, as you all know, is one of the biggest bubbles in uh, history. And we're in it. So we need something. So we're going to go to Ottawa. That's what we're saying, right? Guys, this is the second announcement. We are not going to Ottawa. I know. I know. It's uh, it's a shocker to me, too. See, my, my wife's work is in Ottawa. And we always assumed they would be over the moon if she moved back to Ottawa. But it turns out, when my wife tells her office, hey, we're going to move back to Ottawa, what do you think? They're all ecstatic, as we predicted at first. But then her boss has a little chat with the old HR department. Now, turns out, because the cost of living in Toronto is more than Ottawa, my wife's salary in Toronto is higher. So in order for her to go back to Ottawa, she has to take a pay cut. All right? Now, I don't know if you know anything about stand-up comedy, but my wife is the person that keeps our family afloat. She's the one that, you know, really brings home the bacon. Oh, I'm an artiste, guys. Money means nothing to me. All right? I, I, work, I work on a barter system. I trade my, my skills for, for morsels of bread. I, I care not for your monetary system. But my wife, uh, she's, you know, she's the breadwinner. I can say that in 2018. I'm a, I'm a progressive man. I, I'm, I, rah, rah, me too, everybody. I'm with you, ladies. The Brit Kavanaugh's of the world. Your time is up, motherfuckers. I really hope their time is up. I doubt it, though. People in power, boy, oh boy, do they hang on to that shit. Man, a lot of bad people in power. And I'm sure if the women were in power, there'd be a lot of bad women too, but right now it's the dudes, and a lot of them are pretty fucking bad. So her work, they say, you'll have to take a pay cut. My wife's like, oh, I don't like that. I don't like that shit. What about, uh, you know, promotions and things like that? And her boss is like, well, you know, I have a lot of issues to iron out with HR, so I can't really, you know, make any promises on that front. I'm going to say not in the near future. And my wife is like, well, fuck that then. No, thank you. I think, personally, personally, I mean, I'm a little biased, but I think they've made a huge mistake because they had a chance to get Sarah to come back. And I know they're going to want her running the place. I know it. But when they want her to run the place, it'll be too late because we will live in Toronto with a house that we cannot afford. So there's no way for us to leave. And that's what's happening. That is what's happening. We are looking at it. We're putting in a bid on a house. We're getting a home inspector to look at a house so we can put a bid on it. They're holding back offers. Honest to Christ. 
I hate it so much. I'd much rather punch everyone in the face that's involved in this. But what are you going to do? We, we haven't found any houses we've wanted. This one we want. So we're going to have to play the game. We got to put our bid in on October 3rd with everybody else and see if we win. And they price their house too fucking low on purpose, of course. You price it low, lower than it's worth. So you get a bunch of people who show up interested going, really, I can get this place for seven fifty? dollars oh, Excuse me, let me see. And uh, of course you can't. They're expecting you to bid much more than the asking price. How much more? Who knows? How many bidders are there? Who knows? But you better bid high or you may lose out. I hate that fucking... It should be illegal. I've talked about it before. My wife was the one that brought it up. And I'll tell you what. She's right about this. Hasn't been right about a goddamn thing in her life, but she was right about this. Whatever price you set for your house, if someone gives you that price, that should be a contract. You can't just go, hey, this house is seven hundred fifty thousand, and then you go, okay, here's seven fifty, and they'll go, nope, no, we wanted a million. Sorry. Well, then ask for a million. You don't get to ask for seven fifty, and then if someone gives you seven fifty, you go, you pull it because that's not enough. That's bullshit. And this this bidding war thing, holding back offers, should also be illegal. You're talking about trying to cool the market. If you were trying to cool the market, those are two things. Two easy rules to implement. If you set a price on your house and somebody gives you an official offer of that price or higher, then you have to give it to them. It will stop all these people from going, really, my house is worth a million, but I'll list it for 500000 That way people will bid $1.8 million <laughs> because they'll be so worried about losing the house to other people. Fucking fake demand. Oh, this is this is what it's like to buy a house in a bubble. Honest to Christ. Am I recording this? Yep, that's good. You want to record your hundredth episode? So, um, yeah, big news, man. Listen to that. Two bombshells in a row. You know, going to uh, going to have another child. And going to move into a house. Having another child we're not ready for. Moving into a house we can't afford. No longer going to Ottawa. Where it's nice and easy for us. Just doesn't sound good when you say it like that. Alright, let, let's phrase it a different way. Okay? We, uh... We're having a second child. Guys, the miracle of birth. Alright? Sam is going to have a sibling... So that, you know, he'll, he won't be alone in life. Like, yeah, he was going to have cousins, many, many cousins. But it's not really the same as having a brother or sister. You know, he's going to have a partner in crime for the rest of his life as long as, you know, they get along, which I'm really worried about. Because you never know, right? But you know what? That's our job. All right? I'm not going to cop out on that shit. That is the parent's responsibility. Sure, there's some things you can't control. I'm sure Charles Manson's parents weren't going to, you know, just fix that guy. I'm sure there's some stuff you can't control. 
But you can control a lot. I mean, look at that TV show, Dexter. I mean, that guy was a serial killer. And his dad, he channeled it into, into goodness. That's what you got to do. Channel it into goodness. But Sam gets to have a sibling. Isn't that great news, guys? Great news! He, he does need a sibling, I think, because he is bored off his ass every two seconds. If you're not actively just playing some kind of game that you're making up on the spot, then he's he's just he's like oh, I'm so bored. He he needs uh, a sibling, and luckily for him, we made one. So there's that good news. Let's phrase the other one. Good news. I get to stay in my favorite city in the world, Toronto, Canada. I love it here. I get to pursue comedy as much as I want. I don't have to quit and retire. Like I mean. I wasn't going to retire, retire in in Ottawa, but probably I was going to retire. I was certainly, it certainly was going to take a step back. And there's just less to do there for me. So it's great news for my career. Great news for, for my fans, guys. The multitudes of fans that get to hear my comedy on a daily basis. Oh, they're so happy I'm staying in Toronto. Not one of them gives a shit, but they might. Maybe maybe some people care. I don't know. Get to stay in Toronto. My wife likes it here. I like it here. And the house we're putting a bid in on, we can afford it. You know, it's is it cheap? No. But we can swing it. And um it's in a great area. Oh my god. It the backyard opens onto a park, guys. A kids park. A basketball court with nets. Not those just metal rims that don't have nets. The fucking mesh nets. So when you take a shot, the ball doesn't bounce for six miles. It goes into the net and falls down. Oh, I love it. Oh, I really want this house now. But, you know, you know this Toronto market. Like, no matter what you bid, someone's going to outbid you. That's the problem. That's the problem. And you can't you can't get too emotional. If you lose it, it can't be the end of your life. You just have to pick yourself up by the bootstraps and move on. You know. Now, what was the? Did I get to the third announcement yet? No, I didn't. All right, the third announcement. It's not really an announcement, as I told you. It is. It's about the veganism. And. Have you heard of the carnivore diet? I don't turn it off, guys. Don't turn off the podcast yet. Here's the thing. I've been like, I like the YouTubes. And there's this kid. His name is Vegetable Police. He's a Canadian over, lives over in Thailand now. And he's just a, just a lunatic. He is crazy weird and he's funny. And uh, he does these camera reviews, even though he doesn't own any cameras. And he, uh, he also talks a lot about his diet. He's he, he he has a lot of he has ulcerative ulcerative colitis and uh, a bunch of other ailments. So he's been trying to heal himself over the years, and he did some plant based diets and all that stuff. So that's why he calls himself the Vegetable Police. And um, so this guy, he's been really sick. Now he he made some substantial improvements on the vegan diet, and he was very happy about it. And he talked about, but he's still quite sick and. Uh, 
He switched to the carnivore diet at, at the la- at last ditch effort. And he just the guy, it's night and day. He looks amazing. His ailments are clearing up. Like the, the, I know it's all anecdotal, but people who switch to it, and, and who knows? Like, oh, it's okay. So if you don't know, the carnivore diet is exactly what it sounds like. You eat only meat. You eat only meat. No carbohydrates. No fiber. No vegetables. And yeah, are you going to get scurvy? That's what everyone's like. Oh, you're going to get scurvy. But these people aren't getting scurvy. Because uh, what happens is apparently they're eating high-fat meat. You can't eat lean meat. It has to be high-fat meat. And for some reason, it seems like people are able to maintain their vitamin C levels and stuff like that. Like the, all these blood tests are coming out with these people. So dietitians and everyone, no one recommends it. I, I'm fully aware. Everybody says it's the worst idea in the world. Uh, animal rights activists, of course. Um, even though these guys advocate of for free-range, grass-fed food because they're, it's less, you know, it's higher fat, less chemically, et cetera, et cetera. But um, so that's kind of, at least there's that. But then the dietitians are like, what, guys, you're all going to die of colon cancer and heart attacks and your cholesterol is going to go through the roof and yeah, you, you need fiber to shit and all this stuff. But the people who go on it are saying that's not the case. And then they do blood tests and, and cardiograms and all kinds of shit that seems to validate what they're saying. And so I was watching a Joe Rogan podcast and he had on, you know, some um, uh, dietitians and they were like, look, we don't know. We actually, we just don't know why it works. Um, and their theory, like Joe, Joe's theory, Joe uh, Rogan, his theory was that, you know, since they're not eating a lot of uh, carbohydrates, like these people probably had bad gut bacteria. They probably can't digest. They're allergic to lots of different food. And when they're on the meat diet, they're not eating a lot of the foods they're allergic to. So their gut heals itself and it gives them. And then plus it's tons of protein. So it's very satiating. So you're not hungry all the time. And also you've cut out simple sugars, simple carbohydrates, you know, like so people are and, and but yet you have enough protein to build muscle mass, you know, and then you're getting fat in your diet, which is good for your brain, apparently. And so people are saying it's curing their depression. And and listen, guys, listen up. All right. I. I, I haven't eaten meat in a couple of years, maybe almost three years now, probably. And um, I, I, I stand by it. I hate the factory farming. I hate what it does to the environment. Um, you know, I, my health, I thought, was improving. And my stomach certainly has improved. But, as you know, I have the osteoporosis. And if there was something that could help me absorb some phosphorus and, uh, you know, get some bones back... I mean, I'd have to do it. I'd have to do it. I wouldn't like it, but I'd have to do it. Now, you have to give up beer. I like that even less because beer is carbohydrates and shit. Like when I'm done this podcast, one of the things I would look forward to the most in the world is going upstairs and having myself a Guinness. You can have a Guinness on the vegan diet, which I've loved, but you can't. And now that Guinness isn't made with fish bladder. All right. It used to be made with fucking fish bladder. Honest to God. Ugh, I'm so glad it's not now. Not just for like ethical reasons. I just think that's gross. So, um, anyway, one of these dietitians on the Joe Rogan podcast was saying, 
um, that because your meat is digested high up in the digestive tract, it's basically like you're giving your stomach a fast, you know? A, and, and also, you, you don't eat as much. Like, you eat either one to three meals a day and no other food in between, just water. So you're sort of fasting because a lot of people are advocating fasting for it to heal your gut and all that shit. And so he's saying, A, you're sort of fasting just by the way you're eating, but then B, because it's being absorbed in the upper part of your digestive tract, all the microbiome down in your guts in lower intestine and stuff, it all gets a break. It gets a break from from having to, you know, work overtime and then just and it can repair itself. He said like that's that's one of his theories. It's his only his guess. Now, here's the thing. This is why I say anecdotal and all that shit. So I I am researching this incessantly because I know it's the wrong thing to do. I know it is. By by all definitions of science, guys, you know I'm a man of science. So there it it's all saying it's the wrong thing to do. But if you look at the people who say don't do it, and you look at the people who say, do, do it. The people who say, don't do it, are sick, emaciated looking. Um, they look a lot like me. You know, worse than me, really. I don't look that bad. I just, I'm not working out right now, so I don't look great. But I don't look sick. You know? But a lot of these vegans and stuff, they, they're so thin and they're, they look so sick. And, and maybe that is just because they don't know how to eat really well as a vegan and and they're they're junketarians as they're called and they just you know while they're not eating meat or or animal products they're not getting good nutrition that can that can happen but it's just the people who are on this carnivore diet they look like fucking i mean they they all look like athletes because they're eating it's very heavy on the red meat did i say that it's uh some people are on beef only only beef that Jordan Peterson and his daughter Michaela or whatever the hell her name is they're the ones who have really popularized it and uh, they are on beef salt and water only and uh, the fact is they're saying they're doing great I mean anybody could say you're doing great though but they do look good and so does everybody who's on this fucking diet everybody looks good and the thing is you know maybe it can be used to right some wrongs. Like, maybe you don't have to stay on it forever, but if you did it for 30, 60, 90 days or something, maybe that does heal your gut bacteria, heals the linings of your walls and shit, you know, and gives you that big boost of protein and iron and, and shit that you need, B12, which God knows I need that. Now, like maybe that all works together and it fixes you up nice and good, and then maybe you can go back to a balanced diet, you know, where you have a, a leaf of spinach every now and then. Like that's that's what I'm thinking. I know guys, I know it's crazy. I and and part of me, you know, let's let's be real. I like to be real. Guys. Part of me loves the idea of getting buffed, you know, at the gym. Going back to my old ways where people used to ask me one, yeah, you on steroids? What are you on steroids? You know you're doing well when people jealously say, "What are you on steroids? You fucking steroids!" I wasn't on steroids, and I didn't look that great. I was just talking to people who were really shitty people. That's all. 
who, who just didn't like anyone being not disgusting. I do like that aspect, but to be honest, and I'm being honest because I don't want to do it. I don't want, uh, I don't like killing anything. It's just, it's, it's just not me. Don't enjoy it. And um, I, I find it weird because like I'm reading all these, you know, comments on the blogs that I'm reading and the YouTube videos I'm watching about this and the people who think like the, the stuff they say to the vegans is just like, why are you like, what do you mean you love killing things? Like they just love, like that's just something wrong with you. And the vegans are like, oh, you're just in a cult. You're in a fucking, it's, I don't think, I mean, sure. There's gotta be some weird vegans, but it doesn't seem to be a cult to say, guys, you don't have to kill things to, to, to be healthy. In fact, you're, you're, a lot of dietitians advocate plant-based diet is much more healthy, which flies in the face of, of what I'm thinking about doing. Here, here's the deal I've made with myself. Um, I'm going to go do one more bone scan in November and more blood tests. And I've been, my doctors put me on this phosphorus medication for quite some time now. It's been well over uh, a year, year and a half, and um, it hasn't been working. My bones have stayed the same. My blood is proving through my blood tests and my urine tests I'm not absorbing my phosphorus. So that's not good. Oh, did I tell you I broke my ribs? Yeah, I think I did. I did. I broke I broke two more, at least two more ribs. Just I fell down, broke them. You know what I mean? It's not good. Not ideal. So if I go do these blood tests and this urine test and this bone scan, and not, nothing's changed. I'm going to do this fucking carnivore diet. I'm going to do it for a while. And then I'm going to go back and get my blood tested. And uh, and see how the phosphorus is doing then, mofos. That's another thing. The, the, the carnivore diet is low in calcium and high in phosphorus. And uh, that is excellent for me. My calcium is too high. I have hypercalceria. It inhibits the absorption of phosphorus. I have too much calcium. Plus, too much calcium can kill you from a heart attack. So that's the thing. People who scream and yell at one way or the other, you got to remember not everybody's the same. So people, you know, if I'm on a plant-based diet and that and my calcium is too high and I die of a heart attack because of too much calcium and then eating meat was the thing that actually fixed my bones and let me live a healthy life, you know? And that, yeah, I, I'm not happy that some grass-fed, you know, cows that are frolicking in the field and don't know the difference when they're killed. That's the way I'm choosing to believe it. I'm not happy that those animals are dying, but I'm going to try not to contribute to factory farming, and I'm going to see what I can do. But that's only after the blood test. That'll be coming up next month. I'll let you know how it goes. But for now, guys, and then you got to, with the kids, do do the kids go on the carnivore diet? I, I just, I don't, no, I don't think so. Let them try to eat a balanced diet. But my boy, Sam, he's not tall. Like his dad, he's starting short. I ended up sprouting up to about 5'10 when I was in grade 11, which is fine. Above the average height of, of a male, especially in, uh, 1995. So I was happy with that. I've shrunk about an inch, maybe an inch and a half. 
Because, guys, I'm not on the carnivore diet. That's the problem. You know, I need to be killing things constantly. But uh, this has been an eventful 100th episode, guys. An eventful 100th episode. I'm sweating my guts out in my car, which is too expensive. This Volvo XC60, it's got to go. That's the thing is, you know what's funny, though, is I'm not upset about trying to cut costs. It's kind of, I don't want to call it exciting. But there's something that feels good about looking around at your expenses and trimming the fat. You know, going, what don't I need? I don't need this. We don't need this car. It's too expensive. Let's get a Prius. It's better on gas. It's better, you know, stuff like that. And I like the idea, too, that when I get to stay in Toronto, I get... It's... I equate it to the feeling of, of staying in Toronto. It's like when you when you decide to get in shape. You wake up and you're like, I'm going to do it today. Here I go. When when I was moving to Ottawa, I was thinking about just having beers in a backyard and kind of packing it in like like I'm 70 years old. You know, but when I'm in Toronto, I feel like, oh shit, everything's expensive here. I got to I got to make my way in the world. I got to try harder. And that's pretty good. I think it's going to be great. As long as we get this fucking house. And if we don't, hey, we'll just we'll just jump off a bridge. No biggie. My heart will explode on the way down because of my meat diet. My all meat diet. So weird to even be entertaining that idea. Oh, my. But we'll see. We will see. So this was the, the Century episode, guys. The 100th episode got a baby staying in toronto buying a house maybe becoming some kind of vampire it's a big day thanks so much for listening uh i'll talk to you again soon i'm sure i left out a million things because it's been two weeks since i talked to you so I'll, i'll go remember what i forgot and i'll tell that to you next week this is mark bennett i said shut up And here's to the next hundred, everybody. Good night.